It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lesko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by Mike at Bengals underscore Sands Santagony. You can find his work on allbengals.com and on Twitter at Mike. Nope, at Bengals underscore Sands. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button so we're delivered to your eyes and ears. First thing when we drop an episode every day, and we appreciate you making us your first listen. Mike, today we're going to deep dive into Logan Hall. We're going to talk about some of your guys, quote unquote, in this year's NFL draft and You've watched some safeties, some of the safeties that may be in play, potentially on day two, maybe as plan C or plan D on day one, and we'll get there a little bit later. But let's start with Logan Hall. On Mock Draft Monday, James and I selected Logan Hall in the second round at pick 63. I think that's below his floor in this year's NFL draft. I think it's probably somewhere closer to 50. He may even be in play in the first round, as we've discussed or alluded to opinions of this NFL draft class seem to be all over the place. So pretty wide range for Logan Hall. When you turn on the tape for Logan Hall, is he the three tech that I've been looking for? (laughs) I think he'll become that. uh, Hopefully he has the potential to definitely. And I think he is a three tech. The Bengals should be looking for just because the draft class is so shallow and you could get a guy that big athletic, has the potential to become something really good. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about him and uh, I'm not mad at it if they pick him at 31 and if they pick him at 63, I mean, that's, that's steal of the draft type stuff. What did you like most about him on film? What, what stood out the most? Cause obviously he went to Houston and, you know, outside of William Jackson, the third, it's not like the Bengals have taken a bunch of Houston Cougars in the first round or even on day two in recent years. So uh, what stands out, what makes him special and makes him a contender for that 31st pick? I like to think of prospects and do they make sense with all their traits and translating to the NFL? Like, is this a portable game to get to the NFL? If you see a guy that just bullies these lower competition, maybe not, but really with Logan Hall, um, let's just talk pass rush. And this is one thing I really liked about his potential as a pass rusher is a, the thing I watch for number one trait in almost every defensive lineman is watching their get off at least maybe not nose tackles, but three technique edge players. I trust that. I think of that as the number one trait for a defensive lineman, especially a pass rusher. And he's got it. He can get off the ball. Then uh, looking at he's tall. The, does he, can he lower his pad level? And he can, sometimes he gets high on his pass rush, especially, but he can lower his pad level. And that shows up a little bit more in the run game. And then is he refined at all pass rushing? Like, is he a project pass rushing? And I don't think Logan Hall is a big project pass rushing. He has pretty good, but not great. All right, I'll just say, okay, hand placement in the in the pass game, thinking of it. But he does, he's really strong. And despite being six foot six, he has a really nice bull rush. He can get 
leverage and underneath a guy and lift them up. And then to go with that, he's got this nice shimmy move that's really – it's cool to watch, but also very effective on offensive linemen because they'll shorten their set or they'll overset thinking he's going outside, he's going inside, kind of shimmies. And he he'll, he has <laughs> really strong hands. There's a few reps where he just clubs a guy and knocks him over and swims over them. He likes to swim a little bit too much for my taste, but he's good at it. And uh, other than that, he's got the club swim. He's got a throw by move. He's got his bull rush and he even shimmies into his bull rush. If guys start like thinking like, okay, he's shimmying. He can't just run right into me. And then that's when they really get flattened (laughs) because they get on their heels. But yeah, he makes sense as a pass rusher. I think that's paramount to what they're going to try to draft, especially in the first round. And as a run defender, he's going to come in with a pretty high floor. When you look at Logan Hall and position versatility, because he's a tweener. I mean, five years ago, Logan Hall at 6'6", 283, everyone would have been saying, where is Logan Hall going to line up? And now in a modern NFL, there's a little bit less of that, although that conversation still exists for a guy like DeMarvin Leal, who's 6'4"-ish, 283. So same weight, but two inches shorter than Logan Hall at 6'6", 283. Played really all over the place for Houston. Do you think that that's something that continues in the NFL can he line up out wide over a tackle or is he more of your you know three four interiors you playing inside Sam Hubbard and inside Trey Hendrickson if he becomes a Cincinnati Bengal yeah I'd put him inside no doubt and I mean if you only feel comfortable if he puts on five to ten pounds have him put on five to ten pounds because I think that's where his real potential is on the outside it's it's a little bit more dicey I talk about a good first step he's got a great first step for a defensive tackle does he have a great first step for a, an outside linebacker defensive end type? Not really. When you think about like Von Miller and those guys, those guys are really firing off the ball. So I think of him a little bit more as a defensive tackle. I probably wouldn't move him outside other than, I don't know, maybe some certain formations where, you know, you're facing the Titans or something and you want to get big dudes on the field and you've got you've got an interior of like tyler shelvin and dj reader bj hill and he's like yeah but logan hall in there too he could stop the run <laughs> then i'm into it but against normal teams i'd keep him inside pretty much exclusively and uh i think that's where he's going to thrive because he's going to be more laterally and vertically explosive than a lot of guards and i think he has the moves to get their hands off of him and he's got the power to bull rush through them Sands, when you look at a guy like Logan Hall and and the Bengals, they're obviously not known for taking a defensive lineman in the first round. But if they did, let's assume he wouldn't be there at 63 because he wasn't our mock draft, but we both think that's pie in the sky. If they took him at 31, what do you think his role would be this year? How much would he be able to contribute as a rookie, knowing that he's coming from Houston, like I mentioned, where it's you know, it's it's the American Athletic Conference. This isn't SEC football. So there is uh, an even bigger jump to the pros. And, you know, it, it's a guy, whoever they get at 31, I want them to contribute right away and have a role. Could he have that? And you think he would play 400, 500 snaps as a rookie? Is that realistic? Yeah, well, you got, what, 700-something taken by Ogan Joby that haven't been filled, and I'm sure some of those go to B.J. Hill, but B.J. Hill played a heck of a lot of snaps too, and Tupo's going to take some. So I don't think he would take the entire Larry Ogan Joby, you know, role. I think that's a lot to ask of a guy like him. But I do think he steps in 400 snaps. That's not improbable, especially if he plays well. Maybe he even gets more towards the end of the year, so maybe they acclimate him into it. 
it's always a projection going forward, especially with these smaller schools, because the only NFL guy I think he faced at least day one, day two, maybe into like the fourth round type guy is Dylan Parham. And I mean, he beat, I considered that he beat Parham quite a bit. And there was a few reps he didn't, but I mean, he, he did well. I, I would give that round to Logan Hall if they face again, you know, see what happens. But he beat the NFL competition he faced. He did what he could the entire year. And uh, the other thing I, I have a, a mild concern about is that uh, the Houston defensive line did use a bit of a rotation at times. And not every game, but there were games where he would come off the field for a drive or uh, four or five snaps or so. Is the stamina going to be there to compete for an entire NFL season playing that many snaps is something I'd look at too. So I'd say he could take 400 snaps, but it is a little bit of a projection. The other thing to point out for Logan Hall talking about quality of competition, as you've mentioned at Houston is he was at the senior bowl and was dominant at the senior bowl, along with Travis Jones, who we've talked about, but one of the standouts that got a lot of early attention during senior bowl practices was Logan Hall being a real handful for that slightly higher level of competition where some of these guys from these schools like Houston get a chance to show what they got against higher caliber competition. But if another guy is available at 31, Mike, there is a 24 year old who you would prefer the Bengals to take at 31. And there are a couple of your guys we'll talk about. So we'll get into some of the guys that you might prefer instead of Logan Hall and some of your guys in this draft class coming up next. Whether she prefers subtle jewelry or something extremely elegant, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. You can shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. There's something for everyone at BlueNile.com. And if you're having trouble choosing, well, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift that fits every budget. So, Sands, I know you're having trouble choosing. Just ask, ask Blue Nile. They'll be able to help you out and pick this Mother's Day. Give mom something she's going to treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked on Bengals listeners, get $50 off any $500 purchase with promo code locked on. It's that simple. Use promo code locked on. You're going to get 50 bucks off that $500 purchase. And this podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So don't delay. Go to BlueNile.com, get a piece of awesome jewelry, and make sure you use promo code locked on to get $50 off your $500 order. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the one guy that probably won't be there at 31, but you only have two guys with higher grades so far, as far as I can tell, on the interior defensive line than Logan Hall. One of them is Jordan Davis, who I think is almost certainly expected to be long gone by the time the Bengals pick. The other one, his teammate Devontae Wyatt, who we discussed a little bit yesterday with Joe Goodberry when Joe was on the podcast. You can go check that out if you want to hear that conversation in a little bit more depth. But 
at 24 years old and surrounded by incredible, incredible talent on that Georgia defense. What stood out to you that makes you like Devontae Wyatt better, given that he he probably won't be available, but if he is, that would make you prefer Wyatt to Logan Hall? I think he comes in a little bit better. Uh, just in general, I think his game all around is a bit more refined. He's got the same lateral agility, and I think he's more explosive, um, especially get off. And I talked about it, it as my number one trait for a defensive lineman, and really it almost just comes down to I think why it gets off the ball better. And he's got awesome agility and athleticism and good flexibility, good power. He's got a lot of things you're looking for. And he doesn't come in at six foot six. He comes in around six foot three, six foot two. So he doesn't have to be an outlier to be awesome, you know, because Logan Hall does have to be a little bit of an outlier. We always talk about short, short, like this guy's too short. This guy's got short arms. Well, defensive tackles being too tall is almost an outlier. You could think of some awesome guys like Darnell Dockett. But uh, other than that, there's a few guys, but they almost always play too high or guys can get under them or maybe they just kick out to edge and they're a little slimmer. So there's because Carlos Dunlap was six foot eight and he did fine. Right. <laughs> but the, uh, the I, other thing with Wyatt is he's denser three Oh four versus two eighty three. shorter, heavier. Those things matter. Yeah. So shorter and heavier. And I just think he gets off the ball a little bit better. I think he's got the hand usage. He swipes a little bit more. He's got that same club swim and, Joe talked about it a tiny bit, but that thing that Georgia does a lot that every draft head seems to hate, the odd mirror five stuff, where they're not really sending all four guys up the field. Right. He was a guy that would kind of be the spy or the stunt to go chase down the quarterback sometimes, and that's just fun to watch a defensive tackle 300 pounds be the guy to chase down these athletic quarterbacks. One, one other question I wanted to jump in with. You talked about the get off off the snap for defense for, for pass rushers. I know you've watched Arnold Ebicady and I know we weren't going to talk about Arnold Ebicady, but specifically let's talk about his get off because people are really high on him. He was very productive. He tested really well. He's a little bit older, 23, but, and, and was a late transfer. So, so had that extra year coming from temple, but I found his get off to be really inconsistent. What, what did you think when you watched specifically talking about how quickly he gets off the snap? Yeah. And I think he has the physical tools to have a good, get off in the NFL but the thing with him and this is kind of concerning since just because he's older is that it, it almost feels like reaction time isn't there yeah. or his timing of the snap count like when you watch I always think of Von Miller as a prime example some guys think of him as just the bendy example like that's why you want a guy with Ben that's guy that's why I want a guy with get off Von Miller used to move with the ball <laughs> you know you'd see him it's like was he off sides and I wanted to ask that question every time I watch my my defensive end so it, he doesn't have that. I think he could become a good get off explosive guy. And he he's got the physical tools. He's got an awesome swipe move. I know we didn't talk about, it, but mm-hmm. it, that's one of the best moves in this class. It's just Arnold Ebiketti's swipe move. I want to make a cut up of just him swiping past guys and NFL guys. So I, I like him, but yeah, the inconsistent get off at his age does concern me just because Osai has it too, but Osai was like 21 when he came out and he was an off ball linebacker transferring into defensive line play. So Ebiketti has been a defensive lineman and he still doesn't have the reaction time. So that's my main concern. And yeah, that's, that's why I'm not as high on him as uh, some people. You said, I don't know, 30 seconds ago, you said, quote, my defensive end. And I know you weren't referring to him as your guy, but it's a good transition, Sands, because let's dive into your guys. One guy on defense, one guy on offense. I'm starting with defense because I think the Bengals 
in a perfect world would, in their eyes at least, would start on defense at pick 31. Your guys, Kyer Elam, the cornerback out of Florida, is he your your number one? I think he's maybe not your number one corner. Number one corner that the Bengals could potentially draft. Why do you you love Kyer Elam so much? I think every <laughs> the, f- philosophically, I think every defensive coordinator wants to be able to just line up and play man coverage and shut down the opponent. And Kyer Elam is the cornerback that they could take that can do that. And uh, yeah, yeah, the low PFF scores this year. He also hurt his knee this year. And if you watch the Alabama game. I don't know. Some people think it's inconsistent. I think he got called for a ticky-tacky penalty, and that lowered his grade. And then other than that, he shut. He had Jamison Williams locked in Azkaban, wow. thrown away the key with the Dementors. Uh, so <laughs> I, I love that tape. And, uh, th- I mean, that's kind of what I'm riding on. 2020, he was good. He was good as a as a freshman. I mean, this guy's everything you want, right? He's He plays longer than he is, and he's not even uh, short on his arm length. He, but he gets down on that low stance. I love that. He's just ready for action. The only thing is that I agree with like what everybody says is that like, is he giving maximum effort at all times? He takes a little bit bad angles on his tackles. And I just hope that my defense and, you know, Luana Rumo hammers the whole, like uh, no plays off. None, none of that, blah, none of all that, you know, and the defensive backroom seems to take that to heart. Like we're not going to loaf, no loafing. If we catch you loafing, you're going to pay a fine hopefully that would i don't think he loafs that much but i do think like he plays his job and he doesn't always go above and beyond you know like if he's trying to force a guy back inside you know he's going to force him back inside but is he going to go run through a block as well and make the tackle my money would be on no but i just think of him as a coverage guy as a guy that could become an, an awesome man coverage corner and he has the in the processing and the feel and everything that plays zone really well as well I will say, uh, as far as culture goes, I think the Bengals could absorb that and instantly get him to, right? Like the Bengals culture better than Florida Gators football culture. What what would would everybody say about Eli Apple's effort before he came to the Bengals? You know, like the culture turns him around. And I think if you turn Kyrie Elam into a, a super high effort guy, I mean, that's a top 20 pick to me. A lot of things to like with Kyer Elam from a toolkit perspective was very productive at Florida as well, which weighs heavily into our risk assessment based formula comes out as a number two, number three, sorry, number three corner well behind Derek Singley behind Kyler Gordon. And a lot of you are screaming, what about juice? I'm a gardener. And it's, it's really sorry, sauce. 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 <laughs> What am I doing? And what do you mean? <laughs> Sauce is the best corner in this draft. I don't care about your stupid formula. Go right. Ahead. He, he didn't test. He wasn't very productive. So he's weighed down. The film grade, really high on Sauce. Second highest film grade for Joe. Anyway, you have another guy on the offensive side of the vault. Man, I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> never. Juice. I'm going to What? Okay. Other, other guy, Sands. Your other guy in this class. <laughs> on the offense, offensive side of the ball, I'll let you reveal it. Who's your Who's your uh, guy on offense? My offensive guy, and I don't know if the Bengals be interested because I have talked about how they love blockers at tight end. Is Greg Dulcich, man? I love him. I love watching him. He's a former wide receiver that plays tight end, and he is a tight end. I mean, he added forty pounds of hair and muscle, and uh, he he gives effort. He's just <laughs> like he's lean limbed, and he's a little bit lanky. And you know, Kayvon Thibodeau gave him the business, but why was UCLA putting him on Kayvon Thibodeau in the first place? for most of that game so i he has his warts but as a receiver he's the only receiver i watched that i went there's a realistic like 
thousand yard receiver, 800 yard receiver here. Like if they really want to replace Hurst next year, it's Greg Dulcich. It's not, it's even not Trey McBride. I'm higher on Dulcich receiving the ball than I am McBride. I think McBride comes in cleaner and he's going to come in. He could probably catch 500 yards this year. I don't know if Dulcich will, and he probably just won't see the field enough because he can't block that well enough right now. So my guy, Greg Dulcich, teach him how to block. You've got an awesome receiver on your hands. He sets up his moves like a wide receiver. He releases like a wide receiver and a tight end. He, he can get physical in his routes too. I love watching that. And running after the catch, he's awesome running after the catch. And you need one play is just he ran Y-Leak against uh, LSU, and he breaks like three tackles on his way to a 70-yard touchdown. And, I mean, that's pretty high competition. LSU is going to have some guys drafted this year. So love Greg Dulcich. I think he's going to be a great move big slot tight end early in his career. Maybe he can develop and play a lot more in line, but he's he, if you're looking for your Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey types, Hayden Hurst types, it's, it's Greg Dulcich. It's he's the number one move tight end in this draft for me. I love it. I love the idea of it because Joe Burrow would make that man like a five-time pro bowler, even if he can't block a lick. That being said, uh, it's time to talk about bet online. The number one stop for all things sports betting, including if you want to bet on juice, I mean, sauce Gardner and where he goes, the over under for him and the over under for guys like Derek Stingley or Greg Dulcich, or really any other prospect you can wager on all of them at bet online right now. And it's not just that my golden state warriors. Well, they've moved into title favorites now that Devin Booker nursing a hamstring injury and, I don't really feel comfortable with that. I don't like that. But if you want to wager on the Warriors anyway, you can do that. You can wager on the Phoenix Suns. You can wager on the NBA playoffs at Bet Online right now. It's your one-stop shop for all things sports wagering. I've used them. You should too. Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I can't believe it's over like, for you. Uh, how, how, who let me be on a podcast? I, I've Juice. struggled so hard with names for the last month, but that, that's unforgivable. I mean, Juice. what am I doing? <laughs> I think you knew because you hesitated and you're like, I, I knew. It was, I, I yeah, can't remember. I knew. I'm was. like, wait, that, that's No. I knew it was like a, a five-letter word that ended with a C-E. It's something edible. <laughs> I, I even have hot sauce sitting on my desk. What am I doing? All right. If you Mike, guys if, if you guys could give up one – if you had to give up one thing for the rest of your life, which one would you give up? Sauce or juice? Juice. Juice. Me too. And that- that's why sauce is the number one corner in the draft. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. You're not yeah. juice stingly. <laughs> juice stingly, man. Who, who likes juice that guy? <laughs> Oh, so much, so much wasted effort over juice. Okay, let's talk about some safeties, Mike. You've watched several of these guys that may be in play for the Bengals. Kyle Hamilton will, of course, likely be long gone by the time the Bengals pick at 31. But some of the actual safeties that aren't corner slash safeties, I guess, to talk about Lewis Sine, Jaquan Brisker, Nick Cross, 
and Smoke Monday, who, by the way, the Bengals reportedly had some virtual contact with, according to Justin Mello. But let's focus on his name is almost better than Juice Gardner. Go ahead. You mean Juice Monday? Mike, Lewis Sign, Jaquan Brisker, Nick Cross are some of the safeties you've watched. Can you give us a quick rundown? Yeah. Okay. So we'll start with Lewis Sign. I think he's the best one out of the guys I watched. I mean, with safeties, man, you got to watch like 100 games with these guys. So I watched six games of Lewis Sign, and he he's awesome. I mean, he loves to get <laughs> he loves to get into the run game. Um, does a good job of reacting to the ball. He's got some ball skills to him. Um, he played awesome when the lights were the biggest. I think that's big. Uh, you know, national championship game, he might have been the best player on the field. Uh, I think in man coverage, he can get shaken a little bit by some good receivers if they can get on him. But other than that, I mean, he play, He doesn't really get fooled that often. I don't know if he has the elite range you're looking for to replace Jesse Bates. But hey, if you're drafting a safe to replace Bates, you might just have to live with, okay, we're probably not getting the sideline to sideline guy because we're not getting Kyle Hamilton. So we're going to be playing a lot more two high coverages. And they already started leaning towards that last year compared. They still play a lot of one high because just the NFL does. But yeah, Lewis Sign, great great safety i think he's smart i think he's an instinctive i think he's a hard-hitting hard-nosed you know safety and uh i just i like watching him don't wouldn't put him in man coverage too too often but um i think he's a guy that comes in he can play right away you want to play him in three safety sets georgia did that and he should be he should do a good job let's let's talk about a, a few of the other safeties uh jaquan brisker uh, oh let's start with him we can go safety by safety jaquan brisker would you like what didn't you like so Brisker almost plays – I almost like him more, but I know that Lewis signs better. <laughs> Just I think in coverage, Lewis signs better, and I think that's more important for what the Bengals want to do. But Brisker, man, he he's really awesome on his run fits, and it's just something that's I like watching, and I, I know nobody else is really going to care that much, but he gets these run-throughs as a safety, and it's just – he got three in one game against Wisconsin. And he's just – he sees the tiniest opening, and he goes, all right, I'll blow this play up, kind of like what Troy Polamalu used to do, where you know there'd be a sliver of a space, and he just squeezes through there, and he's tackling the running back for a loss, and he's got a little bit of that to him. He almost, on a high-end comparison, reminds me of like a Malcolm Jenkins or a guy that you could play at free safety but might be at his best closer – closer to the action but when you have von bell you probably would want to play him a little bit more free safety oh, who knows maybe they won't have either in a couple of years so you know get a true two safety these guys have similar skill set type thing so um yeah i like him a lot uh i do think coverage he he's definitely a guy that more than sign he gets shooken a little bit more just by jab steps things like that i think even tight ends were getting him a little bit more than i, I would like to see but i do think he he does a good job reading quarterback eyes. He doesn't have great range, but just like sign in a big moment, I think of the Wisconsin game again, he's injured the entire game. He doesn't play like the second quarter. He misses part of the third quarter, fourth quarter game on the line. And Wisconsin is about a yard away. They go for a pass and he picked it off and he ran it back 30 yards. And I'm just thinking like, yeah, awesome to watch that happen when you're injured this entire game and you just play robber coverage, get underneath it. Uh, doesn't really have an assignment to his side of the field. So he's just reading quarterback eyes, gets under it, makes a play on the ball starts sprinting away. He's also a bit of an athletic, I wouldn't say athletic freak RIS wise, but he's on Bruce Feldman's freak list. And I think that's just because he can lift like seven, 600 pounds or something, just bench like 600 pounds at 199 pounds. And he's just pound for pound, really strong guy lays the wood. 
love watching him. I don't know if he's perfect for the Bengals, but like if that, that's a trade back candidate, especially if Lewis sign fall, if Lewis sign goes, then you're thinking like Brisker or I don't know, Petrie, who I think is a good match safety and would probably be awesome in three safety sets. But is he somebody you really project for the Bengals going forward? I don't know. So that I like Brisker a lot. And if you, if you do end up trading back, he's a guy I would target. With Brisker specifically, I've seen that uh, I believe the PFF draft guide. So Mike Renner, who's been on the show, we talked to him in on Radio Row and many other times. I think he he likes Brisker as a split safety quite a bit. He thinks that he fits really well in in two high sets. And and you're nodding your head. You you agree? Yeah. That's why I mentioned Malcolm Jenkins. I think of him as a too high safety type. I, I I wanted to say like John Johnson. But I'm like John Johnson a little bit more of the coverage type than he is fitting the run. And Malcolm Jenkins almost fits the other side where he's a split safety guy, and I like him split safety, not true free safety, strong safety, but you know split safety quarters, whatever you want. And uh, he's got the intelligence to read things out and play his half of the field. I wouldn't put him single high that often, but yeah, I fully agree that split safety type. The Bengals want to move more into split safety coverages, and I do think Lou Anarumo likes them uh, for what it's worth. Uh, I think Brisker is a guy you could really look at because I mean he's he's going to be. I think he'll be great at uh, at playing some split field stuff and getting downhill, fitting the run, everything. As far as true free safety types, one of them has been said to be Nick Cross, and you've watched Nick Cross. Are there? You can talk about Nick Cross, certainly, but if there are any other guys that have stood out to you that you have had a chance to watch that look like true free safety types, feel free to name drop there as well. Yeah, Kirby Joseph from Illinois. He's a yeah. bit of a free safety type, and he's a little bit more single high than Nick Cross, at least in college. He played a lot more single high than Nick Cross. Nick Cross played a lot of quarters, and... Honestly, I, he's he's more of a projection than any of the guys I've talked about just because I watched so many times where he's he's an elite athlete, RAS-wise, everything like that. But I watch him take guys on over routes, and I'm like, he's not he's not gaining ground, and he's not like getting in the passing window. And then double moves seem to get him. He, he seems to be a little bit late to his trigger, and then when he triggers, he triggers hard. So these double moves really get him because he can't – he's not coming downhill just like, okay, I'm going to nail the dig, but, you know, watch the double move. He's coming down, I'm nailing this dig. <laughs> then the guy makes a move on him, and he's right. making a 70-yard touchdown. Kirby Joseph, bit more single high. Despite lower athleticism, I think he just – as a post safety does a really good job of quarterbacks looking this way. I'm going to start shuffle, 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 you know, I'm scooting out of there that way. And then once he does a really good job of, uh, I think once the quarterback takes, pulls the pin on the grenade, you know, takes his hand off the ball, he starts breaking and he does a good job tracking, finding the ball and making a play on it. So I think despite his athleticism and Hey, Jesse base didn't have the greatest tested athleticism either. And honestly, it doesn't, you know, on the field, it's more recognition. So I think Kirby Joseph is a guy that if you are looking for a one-to-one Jesse base replacement, that's a guy that could do it. But I do think, there is stuff to work out there. That's a reason that he's a, a day two type. Sands, it's time to put you on the hot seat. We played this game, the hot seat. We played this game with Joe, either or. And, you know, a lot of thought went into the the name of this game ahead of the 2022 NFL draft. You, you like Lewis Sign. We started with Logan Hall. You like Devontae Wyatt over Logan Hall. But if Sign is available and Logan Hall is available, who are you taking? If I'm the Bengals, I think I take um, Hall. I think I take Hall just because it's a bigger need for for me for this year. Um, and I think this, the drop-off is more steep. I, I'm more okay with what, uh, even though I talked about, you know, he's got some issues, Nick Cross or Kirby Joseph, than I am with like a Matthew Butler. What round are you comfortable drafting Nick Cross if you're the Cincinnati Bengals? Round three. 
And uh, that could be a trade back into round three. Like, I, I don't think it has to be 95, but I don't think I'd use a day one or a second round pick on him. There you go. Some of Mike's guys, some safety talk. What Have you some seen juice. any of Brian Cook? Some juice, baby. Oh, yeah. I, what about Brian Cook? I've been, saving, I've been saving Cincinnati. I'm watching him this week. I haven't watched him yet, but I, I've heard good things. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to watch Joe's guy, you know, <laughs> no one, nobody else seems to be talking about, you know. And uh, Curtis Brooks. He's up to yeah, 160, yeah. by the way, in the PFF draft big board. Joe is shifting ask, the narratives. I was going to ask Sands his name because you could tell Sands didn't know off the top of his head. He forgot about my guy, Brooks. At least he didn't call Juice him Juice. Juice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe that's who we should. We should call him Juice because he moves, you know, pretty well. You know, you know, it's just sauce is sauce. It's different. Maybe the reason Juice was in my head and we're going to finish the show now, but maybe the reason Juice was in my head is because I've been talking to Mike about how I want a defensive interior lineman with Juice. Pass rushing juice. That's all I care about is that pass rushing juice. I'm not going to save myself on this one. That's going to do nope. it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. The draft is next week. We're going to have uh, a big show. We're, we're going to have Joe back. We're going to have shows after each round of the draft. Not each round of the draft necessarily. Each day of the draft, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we're really excited for it. Can't wait for the draft. Draft miss a week away. Until next Juice. time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.